Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Well, hello and welcome to another Outcast podcast. I've got with me today a man that, believe you me, can catch fish. Even if there aren't fish there, he is incredible at catching carp. One of the best bite anglers that I know. It is none other than a good mate of mine, Mr. Ian Russell. Ian, thank you for coming in. Very welcome, mate. Looking forward to it. So, fishing at the moment, where are you? What are you doing? Let's get straight in this with year, that. Well, let's talk about this year. Yeah, because I've had a phenomenal year, yes. Rob, honest to God. Um, all over, my fishing, as you know, is all over the place. A lot of my work is day tickets, but I have tried to construct my own fishing spread across the arcade venues, uh, yes. i.e. Raysby North, Halton, Kingsmead, them ones. So I love going there. I've been there member for years, so you know the venues. And when I get my own downtime, that's where I want to go. You know, wh- one of the things that, that really impresses me about you as an angler is how adaptable you are. You know, I've been lucky enough to know you for a long time. I've been lucky enough to fish with you. And a lot of people are good. A lot of people get good results, but they get good results from the same sort of place. Yep. Because what they do is they fish their style their method on their type of lake but you can go anywhere and catch fish you know it's just i learned as a youngster i fish a lot of fishing matches as a young teenager so as you now know with the matches you run the team uh, you've got to be adaptable very fast uh, to achieve and i learned that and what has also helped me later in life is the amount of maggot i've been with with dhp now for 29 years yeah so nearly every feature is a different venue. Yes. So you have to adapt quick to a venue you've seen in the last te- or you first time you've seen it is that day to catch carp. You know they're all, they're all quite easy to read to be fair because a lot of them now are heavily stocked. But I do watch a lot of anglers that aren't prepared to some jump get on it. Yeah, yeah. They'll Absolutely. sit and wait. Uh, it's it's interesting with the mag feature as well. A lot of people watching this might think, oh yeah, well a lot of magazine features, a lot of films. You'll have places roped Not off. You'll have preferences. No. I, I I know how you work. I know how I work mm. as well. I remember with the day ticket waters um, features that we used to do, as in me and Crowley yep. when we started with Cart World, there was quite a lot of pressure on because we're fishing at weekends. You know, you've got thirty six hours to go out and get a result, and the only way that you can get that result is pushing yourself. Yep. Isn't it? And 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 this is one of the things that that I suppose I really want to bring out from you in this podcast is effort. Let's talk yeah. about how much effort it is and how much effort you put in to catch those carp. Well, you know, you, I mean, I done it the other night when I was at frying. To be fair, with a client, I'm laying there at one in the morning, which is me being the yeah. boring person I am. Look at the rods, thinking I've got to do them. They yeah. need to be moved. Uh, there's an area there of fishers. This is one in the morning. Yeah. It's nearly a gale force wind. So all three come in. All rigs were retired, as you do, yep. or as I do, and they were repositioned. Now, nothing happened early morning, but after lunchtime, they both went. Yeah. 32 and a half, 29. Yeah. And I, I, I absolutely know if I hadn't been awake listening to where... They was within the confines of my area, yeah, yeah. but just five yards further down the bank. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have caught anything. So what I would say to people is, if you're laying there thinking about it, you know you've got to be doing it. Absolutely. If you don't do it, when you get home and you're sitting in a bath or standing in the shower, you're going to think, yeah. should have done it. I should have done should've that. Done well, I've come home with nothing and yeah. I could have had a fish. Yeah, and that's absolutely. it. You know, you, we're like ducks on a water, aren't we? You're paddling away underneath, but on mm. top it looks like you're doing nothing. But it's never stopped. It never stops. I think nighttime is a real edge that people ignore. Mm. Because what we, what we tend to do, and again, I fish with you where we've been making films together, when we know what's going on. And in competitions, you know, we, we fish in a 72-hour competition. Yep. Every single second of that 72 
72 yep. hours is a potential bite chance. Make it happen. What people tend to do is they tend to prep up for the night, yep. get their rods ready for the night, and leave them for the night. Well, I go fishing. I don't go waiting. No. There's all, I, I, I am in the belief, uh, and you know, as a youngster, I fished. I was lucky. I fished with Derek Ritchie, yeah, yeah. Ronnie Buss. These were anglers that were making it happen when it wasn't really meant to be happening, yeah. you know, in competitions as well as their own angling. And I learned from them. Yeah. There is always a bite to be had. Now, if I go home without a bite, it's not because I haven't tried. Yeah. Absolutely promise you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's look at um, that issue about nighttime then. When do you sleep? Because uh, you, you, you normally go to bed early. Yep. Uh, and then wake up again. I, I don't sleep solid through. Uh, you know, I've, I've done this so, for so many years, as you have. If a fish jumps within what I can hear, because I'm nearly deaf in my left ear, hey? um, exactly, then I will wake up. If I hear it, I'll react to it. Yeah. Um, I you just sleep normally, like, you know, or if there's something playing on my mind that, you know, I've moved at two in the morning in the rain. It's not, it's not making me into a superhero because I've sat there and thought, I've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I know I've got to do it. When am I going to do it is the, is the question. Just do it because you know, if, again, if you go home and you haven't done it, I'd, I'd beat myself up. You've got to do it. I think it was the it was the sanctuary we were fishing in yep. November a while ago. And you were on the spot. You'd had a couple of bites. And at some stage in the early hours of the morning, let's pick two o'clock in mm. the morning, um, you've decided that all three rods are coming in yep. and you're changing your rigs. Yep. People don't you know, do that. But I get asked this uh, by friends who I fish with forever. Why have you just done that? Yeah. I don't know. Something within you, it's like you with your team members, just yeah. right, change that. Yeah. Something will come into you uh, and you have to do it. I, I mean, I was on, on where was I, Cobbits the other month with Michael Poulter. Half two in the morning, he's woke up to answer the call of nature yeah. and I'm sitting there tying rigs and without me knowing he took a picture of me with my head torch on tying rigs and he put it on social media in the morning just this guy what is wrong with him yeah, yeah. but changing from a little pop-up rig to a, a boily rig that night two fish in the morning Yeah, yeah. it's just something sparks because I've, I mean I'm 61 now Rob even though I look 20 um, I have fished since I was about 7 or 8 and it's in you you just yeah. do it I think um, one of the things that strikes me about you you know, at the ripe young age of 61, is that you are, without any shadow of doubt, one of the most energetic anglers. Most competitive. No, I'm more competitive than you. Mm, I don't know, mate. No, I am. I fished against you once. Yeah, I'm the most so competitive think, angler in the world. I mean, Johnny Bones wrote this once. <laughs> I, I worked a lot with Johnny Bones when he was at DHP. Yeah. And, and throughout the matches as a child and the, and the magazine things, John wrote in, in a magazine... The question was asked, who's the most annoying and competitive angler you've ever fished with? Yeah. Ian Russell. Yeah. I never stop. Yeah. Because of that, I never stop. I don't like the competitive edge nowadays, as in like you do with the matches. Yeah, yeah. I've sort of dropped off that. But I am still, if yes. someone's catching them down the bank, I want to know how he's doing it, why he's doing it, and if I can move somewhere to get, without affecting his fishing, to get somewhere near it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I remember having a similar conversation with Tommy Pickering, uh, Tommy Pickering actually, yeah. uh, where we were talking about who's the most competitive and I think if you are competitive, you have to be the most competitive person. Of course, you are. So you are in yourself. You, I have, I have two modes. I have, I've relaxed Rob mode. That's enjoying his fishing. Yeah. And you know, I'm quite happily chilled. But when that competitive switch is flicked, it's a, I'm, I am a different person. Mm. Um, and I have to temp temper that a little bit sometimes mm. because you know sometimes it's not that you're not nice 
when you're competitive, but when you're in you're competitive different. mode, you're different. There's only one thing that you want, and that well, is to win. Do you remember when, we were, when you worked with us, we were doing the day ticket things, yeah, yeah. and Steve said, oh, on the next one, we'll make... If, I know it was jokes, but it was whoever washed the van thing. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, and I yeah. said to Steve, don't do it, yeah. because you've got two individuals here yeah, that are out with neck and neck, <laughs> so competitive, yeah. you will change the filming. And he was like, yeah. nah, nah, you'll be fine. Yeah, change yeah. the filming. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and you know, yeah. and, and when I'd had a fish, and yeah. Steve said, oh, is it all right? And I said, no, I ain't moving. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he ain't coming in my yeah. swim because <laughs> he's washing my... But yeah. it does... Other than that, it's fun. That's it. I hate the competitive yeah, side. Yeah, Although, yeah. at the same time, I love it. Isn't it isn't it weird? You know, I've I've just come back off the World Championships, as as we all know. did. I mention it. We've just been to the World Championships, huh? Anyway, <laughs> well done, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but just just coming back off that, and it is the best and worst experience of your life at at the same time. And it's retrospectively, it's enjoyable mm. at the time. You 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 love it, you hate it. It's just emotionally draining. But I think that's that's where passion and competitiveness yep. comes into that. Yep. You know, you you just. You just want to win all the time. When I, when I used to do a lot of these, and, and at one stage, throughout different publication houses and films, I'd done 40, 4 one-on-ones, yeah, yeah. and not lost. Yeah. Okay, and I lost the 41st one. We won't yeah. go into that, because I sulked. But yeah. it's, um, it, it is a, you're a different animal, mate. You, you are the angling are, version of uh, Floyd Mayweather, aren't well, you? Well, I like don't, you know, but now, but, but where I was leading with that was I quite enjoyed the chasing yeah. rather than leading if that makes yeah. sense Rob because it makes you more aggressive yeah, if yeah. I was leading yeah. now I'm worried that he is going to overtake what I'm chasing yeah. you, if that makes sense at all oh, uh, that's 100%. how it used to be for me you yeah. know I've fished against so many uh, of names yes. um, the one I hated the most Ian McMillan God rest his soul yeah. was at Thorpe Lee on, it was televised Sky Sports yeah, with, yeah. Uh, Keith Arthur was doing the presenting yeah. him and every time I heard he's Delkin yeah do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, and after them, and I loved Ian, yeah. truly loved him like a brother. Yeah. And he came up afterwards and he said, I'm never doing this again with you. He said, because you're one of my closest people on earth. Yeah. He said, and every time I heard, I don't know what buzzers I had then, Rob. Yeah, yeah. He said, every time I heard it, yeah. I literally hated my best friend. Yeah. So th- there's so many emotions you go through in a competition period that it is love and hate. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah. is, you know. Yeah, it's it's why we like it and love it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That, right. that was for for those people that don't know about it. That was Battle Carp with with Total Carp, wasn't it? it at was, that mate, stage, yeah. and that was that was a phenomenal run there. You know, you 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 won so many matches, won them all. So uh, was it was it two years or three years? Or? We done we we done it stretched over about a year. The first one you started yeah. with sixteen people, worked yeah. your way down. Yeah, uh, as as you you know. And then we we give it a year, and Mark Coulson rang me again, and he said, "Here, do you want to go again?" And I said, yeah. "No, I stand to lose everything. Yes, whoever beats me stands to gain everything." Yeah. And he threw some other names at me uh, that it would take my place if not. So I said, yeah. "No, I'll do it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I went into it like I did with Cart Wars, with with um, Cart TV, not yeah, Cart yeah. TV, online TV online thingy, TV, yeah. Um, yeah. Fishing TV. I went into it all guns are blazing, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and it's the only way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, and that was that was another one again, wasn't it? A massive amount of success. Interesting. It was. I lost the first. I come third in the first series, yeah. and I'm not saying, I mean, Harry Pratt won it. He was yeah, the, yeah. the wild card, wasn't he? This yeah. year. I mean, what a phenomenal, and a nice guy, a nice lad. Yes. Um, but I, I didn't, I wasn't 100%, not that I would have beat him, I'm not saying that, please don't think that, yeah. but I I didn't treat it that serious. We were laughing and joking, off it gets yeah. chilly, laney, yeah. and it was all taking a bit of a an eye jinx thing. The second series, because yeah. I'd come third in the first series, was it was a different Ian. Yes. There's no way 
I was going to lose that second series. Yeah, I had, yeah. I do charts, points, and everything. And I was, I was also having the Mickey taken at me by Paul Cooper yeah. and the and the camera guys. But I was never going to lose that that second series. Never in a million years. Yeah. And, no. and ultimately, that goes down to that effort and that yep. desire to succeed. Yep. So whilst we've been talking about the competitive side of it, you can relate that to to normal fishing yeah. because there is always that desire yep. to succeed. How you know you you've been fishing for three thousand nine hundred and forty two years. Forty three. Um, so you know it's a, it's a long time that yeah. you've been carp fishing now. How do you keep your energy and enthusiasm levels? So That's another high? question I get asked a lot by because I'm out with clients, tutorial mm. clients. And I don't, you know, you ask me about sleeping. If they get yeah. a bite, I'm up. Yeah. I'm being paid wages and I'm up. Yeah. You know, if it's 23 hours, I'm up. Yeah. Um, they ask me the same. I don't know. Do you know, Rob, I've, I've slowed a little bit yeah. in the last four or five years. If I'm not my own fishing, if, I've, if I'm not feeling it yeah. and I think it's not going to happen, yeah. I do most of the time now think, oh, do you know what, I'll go home. Yeah. Debbie's at home with the dogs. Yeah. I'm a great family person, as you know. I've yeah, got yeah. Like grandkids, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And I'll go back. The next day or the day after, yeah. and then refreshed. So I have I have mellowed a little bit, yeah. but at the same note, if I'm sitting on a lake and I can't, because a lot of lakes are very crowded. Yeah. If I got an inkling, I can move yeah. and make something happen. The barrel's loaded and I'm off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know that the having, having fish since childhood. How do you keep your level of? Because you do as well. You're the same as me. Uh, well, I've I've found um, I'm 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 getting my carp fishing head back again now, and I think good Team England might be partly to do with that. But I I went for a period where I didn't I didn't fall out of love with it, but the mojo had gone a little bit, and and the, that partly through life circumstances, partly through being busy, partly yeah. through you know we got a new house, there's a lot of work, and I, I say this to a lot of people, you know when we when we look at time, people say I haven't got time. That's rubbish. You've We've got, got you Make haven't it. got one second more or less than me. Every human being on this planet yep. has exactly the same amount of time. Yep. It's priority, yep. not time, that's the issue. And we have to think what is the priority of what we're doing. And sometimes your priorities change. Naturally, you know, if there's a health issue, your priority yes. changes to yep. that. If there's a family issue, your priority changes to 100%. that. But but ultimately what what we all do is we all get back into angling at some stage. Yeah. Because it's once it's in us, you know what it's like, mm. you just can't get rid of it. And I think with with various different priorities, your eyes drawn away from it. But when I do get back into it, I'm 100% into it yeah. again. And uh, when when my mojo goes, is I still have to have a, a, a fishing fix. And and I've found, and I know you do a little bit of it as well on the yep. odd trip in the winter, but going down the river for, yep. for chub, um, chucking a bit of rubber around, trying to catch some perch, yep. you know, it gives you enough of a fishing fix. And then actually, if you're not feeling it with the carp fishing, do something else. Don't stop fishing. No. Do something else, and then eventually it will come back again. Stopping fishing doesn't exist. No. You know, a, a foreign holiday. I've had Debbie. I don't know what was that. Probably eight years, nine years ago now. Yeah. We're in. We're at Cos. I'm like we're, we're ten days into a fourteen day holiday. I'm laying on a beach, munging out. Right. Yeah. And she's watching me. She said, "You know what?" She said, "Even if you had a fishing rod, with no reel." jammed in the sand next to you yeah. it'd make you happy wouldn't it and I looked at it and went yeah <laughs> can we get one it's just it's a weird thing I yeah. cannot live without fishing yeah. it's, it's ingrained in you isn't it yeah. and yet my dad started me fishing when I was about five or six and he wasn't really into it it was just somewhere to take me and my brother Paul at the time for the, for an evening down the river at Shepparton yeah, yeah. you know so it, my dad wasn't crazy fishing yeah. and, and Paul my brother went into climbing and, and survival stuff that he does he's yeah. his own living now I carried on with the fishing yeah can't imagine not doing it, mate. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird how some people like it and some people don't. You know, there's there's kids that have never tried it, don't understand it. There's yep. kids that try it and hate it, and then 
there's kids that once you've tried it, that's it. You're an angler. But you know, it? it's funny because it, on the accounts for start, I grew up. I'd run the gauntlet with yeah. a rod holder. I'm talking about 12, 13 years of age. A plastic seat box, yeah. a rod holder, and a keep net hanging off me. And all the my friends, you know, they would let me have it, mate. It was yeah. running the gauntlet of abuse. Yeah. Um, later in life, I'm meeting them same people who are now married, yeah. middle aged, or yeah. just over as it happens, with a car each, two kids, two dogs, and a hamster. Yeah. They're fishing. You know, and it's like, you lucky... No, I'm not lucky. Yeah, yeah. I've created what I'm doing, but they're now fishing, and it's like, all right, mate, yeah, do I yeah. take the mick out of you now? Let's, let's, let's talk about luck, actually. I, something that you said to me a, a, a while ago really resonates as well, and, and that was the man at the top of the mountain didn't get put there. No, he didn't. He climbed it. Yeah. And, and it's absolutely right, yeah. isn't it? Let, let's talk about luck. How much is luck? You know, when you look at good anglers, are they lucky? If we take the fishing situation out of it, it's, um, you create a lot of your own luck. You can put yourself, and I'm like you, I, I, I know where I should be at certain times yeah. to meet certain people in certain situations. That you're creating your own luck. Fishing, I don't know, if, I mean, look at me in the winter. I, I threw a, a, a pop-up in the middle of rage and caught a 54-pound fish. Luck. I had moved the rods the night before at one in the morning, yeah. you know, and rebated an error at one in the morning, and the next morning early... Was it luck or did I earn it? I don't know. It's it's a massive but very small word. Yeah, I, I I think with luck, a lot of the time you can you can lose things or you can not capitalize on something through bad luck. Yeah, but good luck opens a door. Yeah, it doesn't get you across the line. It opens a door for you to be able to take advantage. Yeah, you've got of to that then luck. make that happen and, for you. You know, everybody gets lucky now and again. Yeah, but consistent people, it's not luck. It can't be luck. I you know, you're not a lucky angler. You, you you put yourself in a position to take advantage of that good luck when it comes. Well, if you were like, like a sniper, you put yourself in the best, best position yeah. to take that shot. And that is what you and I do. Yeah. I want to be in the best position that gives me the best chance of catching them. Not necessarily that fish, but those fish. Yes. And that one fish will come along uh, as part of a catch, uh, you know, Law of averages. Let's, let's 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 talk about that fish because this is it's, it's going to be December by the time the the podcast is out, so it's winter. Yeah, you had uh, arguably the best winter that I've seen anybody have yep. last winter. It was phenomenal. It seemed that wherever you went, you caught loads of That's fish. That's a good point. Wherever you went, um, uh, I see a lot of anglers that are phenomenal anglers, and it's one venue anglers. Yeah, um, I'm lucky again in work. It's just taught me how to do it. But, I, you know, my year this year has been phenomenal for me. And I, and I said to Stuart earlier, I've got a list. I never really do this. Yeah. A list of, uh, so far this year, let's be big-headed, yeah. uh, and from d- 11 different venues, I had 40, 30-pound fish. This is a, against work as well. This is my yeah. own fishing. Yeah. 40, 30s, 10, 40s, 250s. Yeah. That's from 11 different venues. Yeah. It's not just one venue or two venues. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm, I, But I also get excited, like... Monday, I said to you, I'm going to the Isle of Wight. Yeah. Never been there, and I deliberately haven't researched it other than watching Bart and, and Tom's little film yeah. um, to see what the venue is. I, I, I get a massive kick out of going to a venue and getting the yeah. first my first bite. Learning you know, so first fish. I've had a phenomenal year, and, yeah. and I do want to... And I've jumped onto Halton now. I'm going to cross them fingers like that, right? Yeah. Because I've had a 50-pounder from K1, yeah. 50-pounder from Raysbury. Now, they would be the two most difficult in my opinion, arcade venues to catch a 50-pounder from. Yeah. Because the church, where I'm going to do a little bit in the winter, yeah. at the right time of year, holds about seven of them. Yeah. I want one of them, yeah, and yeah. I want one before January, whatever I call. 
I'd like to get yeah, three so fifties from different period. venues wow. in, a, in a calendar year. Let's yeah. wait. And if I don't get it, yeah. I'd have definitely had a few. I mean, I've had 48s, 47s. And you think, but you've I got to be up the there other for week, the of the year like that. Well, I think there's other anglers that are going to get that, you know. Yeah. But but uh, it, I've obviously thought about it, you know, um, because it was mentioned to me earlier in the year before yeah. I had other results. Um, why not? Yeah. Why not? I'm just going to pick up on that that comment that you've made there because it you know it is a passing comment. Yeah. You you're not being cocky talking about that. But that is a huge amount of fish in a, in a, a very very short period of time. Yeah. I, I remember reading a piece that Briggsy wrote about Cassian. Mm-hmm. And he'd been down at Cassian and he was talking about being down there for a 6-week session and they'd found a spot and you know he'd been fishing there for for however long it was a week. And then three days passed and nothing happened. And then suddenly I had a bite and it was a 40 pounder. Mm. And you see that. But actually the little passing comment that he'd sat there for three days yeah. waiting for that. Well, people miss know, that. That's <clears> it. <throat> and and that's why I wanted to just come back to that because, you you know, you've just given me a factual figure on what you've caught there. But I yeah. just want to revisit that because that is a huge amount of fish. It is a huge amount, Robert. And, and the more of the fact I'm making is it's from a load of different venues. Yeah, yeah. So I'm lucky in the respect that I fish a load of different venues and sometimes the right fish picks the bait up, doesn't it? All I do is try and catch fish while I'm there. I will never stop, never stop. I, I, you know, the, lot, we, lot we have talked about, there's always a bite. You know what, if, you, if you're looking at results, it's the, I think one, one of the problems that you have is that because you catch so many fish people almost take it for granted yes. that you're actually catching so many fish. Now, you've just, you've just, in a period of about five or ten seconds, rattled off the fact that you've had 40-30s, yeah. that you've had how many... I'm going to smile at myself there, because yeah. it's ridiculous. I, you know, it, it, it really is. 250s, 40-30s, now I've an 40s mm. and that took just a very five-second quick yeah. snapshot. Oh, yeah, I've had this, 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 and this. Yeah. Actually... If if it was anyone else doing it, there'd be an epic story with some woolly jumpers, big beards, some, some yeah, trendy music, comment. a misty dawn, and everybody go, by God, that's yeah. ace. But because you are so good at doing what you do, people almost take for granted how many fish you catch. That is a phenomenal result. Uh, Let's take a and I'm laughing there. at myself now. I did, I, I, I'd like to reiterate, I'm, that's not an ego, egotistical statement. Yeah. I've just kept a, a log. Yeah. Of, of how, I never do it, but I've also kept a really in-depth diary from from January the first, yeah. right up to now, every venue, yeah. not not day ticket ones with work, but all my own fishing yeah, yeah. is in a diary. And you see me mates going like that. No, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my yeah. rats, trees, amount, weather conditions, yeah. and everything. And also probably ten of them thirties were were underweight. Yeah, They'd yeah. have been forty two yeah, to forty four pound. And if 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 the fish I had the other week at Halton was up to its normal weight, it would have been. When I netted it, it was like, I've got it. I've, this is my yeah, third yeah. one. Yeah. And it was a fish called Alfie, yeah. which has made 54s in the past. Yeah. And it was 44. No disappointment. But yeah, it's like, yeah. ah, too early. Yeah. Probably need to come back in December. Well, let's let's talk about targeting fish there. Because, you know, that, that, that one you had from Raysbury was just a, a, a stunning fish. And I know we'd spoken about it before. You yeah. told me what you were intending to do on there. Lo and yeah. behold, you've done it. And you've actually done it at, at what most would see as a tough time of year. You know, Raysbury is a challenge. Yeah. You can catch fish from it, of course, but yep. it's a challenge. In January, it's a serious challenge. There was a window there that had started. And that day, I, when I went on that trip, I'd had dinner with my mum. Yeah. And, and I'd done this when I had my hit of fish from Halton. I had my mum over. My mum's 80, 85. Yeah. I, do, I absolutely dote on my mother. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, can we come over for Sunday dinner? And I'm thinking, oh, 
Yeah. The weather's right. I'm looking, I know. I'm going to go to Raceberry for three nights fishing. Yeah. And of course, you say yes, as you would. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course you can. Now I'm, look, I'm sitting there. Sunday did a lot of that. Anyway, so I'd, I'd calmer. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And and raised where it was, but I'd watched the weather. There was a window coming in, yeah. uh, same as when I fished Halton. I watched the weather yeah. and picked a venue, picked an area that I thought it was going to give me the best shot again. Yeah. And I turned up at Raysby, whizzed round to where I thought I should be, and Welsh Paul was in there. Yeah. Now Welsh Paul had had, where's he from? <laughs> Scotland, <laughs> same place yeah. as uh, yeah. the caravan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cushy, there you go. Um, <laughs> he, um, Welsh Paul had four fish, and I talked to him, lovely man. I said, "Where are you get them from?" He said, "Right, straight at Rocky Barge." Yeah. This was from the runway yeah, at yeah. thirty-two wraps, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> I just disappeared. Wraps in the wind. <laughs> My God, I ain't doing that. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not that great at extreme. That is extreme, Robert. Yeah, it Christ. Yeah. So I, I, I went in a swim. I said, "Right, thanks for your advice, Paul." But that was about as much as a chocolate fire guard. So I picked the area I've caught from before, and yeah. it worked for me. But they were in the centre zone, and most of the fish that winter were either you, you've walked it, you've been there with the matches yourself, yeah, yeah. style runway or Blake's Rocky Barge. They yeah. all they done. Yeah, the anglers pushed them either side. Yeah, yeah. this trip they were my side. Yeah, yeah. So. When you're going into winter, like history is really useful, isn't it? Looking back at what happened last winter, looking because yeah. carp, carp are definitely creatures of habit. Yeah, you know they get 100%. conditioned by pressure, but actually, when that pressure drops off, which a lot of the time it does through the winter, they go back to their creatures of habit thing. Yeah. Um, how much research do you do? When you go onto a venue, are you looking at what people have done before? Are you learning yourself and thinking, right, I'm on a venue for two to three years? Yeah. Or do you just go? So would it would it be a case of, right, it's going to be a learning curve this year, whatever I learn is great, but actually I know that I'm going to capitalise on it next year. In my own fishing, uh, let's take the first year on Raysby, I just went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Raysby is not what it was. Yeah. Let's get it right. Raysby is a modern venue, yeah. a, a, a beautiful venue now, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's quite a prolific venue, whereas yeah. before there was about 50, I don't know, 50 yeah, yeah. let's say 50 fish. I don't know. Now there's probably 350 in there. Yeah. So I went on there knowing I'd catch fish. Yeah. As long, it was just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, the, the first few trips you're looking, I'm watching you. Yeah. I'm watching you. Yeah. Uh, whatever's going on, where they're, or where they're showing. Uh, and you are building. You yeah. know, ever since I said, I mentioned my diary earlier, I've got a diary regarding raping North Lake yeah. on its own yeah. for probably four years now. Yeah, yeah. So I do relate back to that yeah. for certain weather conditions. But you end up, I say four years, this is my fourth, this will be, Halton will be my winter this year unless yeah. I catch what I want, then I'll be back on Raysbury. Yeah. Um, you know where to go. You yeah. know where they're going to be. You've got probably eight pegs in the winter that are worth being in, in the yeah. majority of time, unless you get adverse weather conditions. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky if if I go to Raysby and I can't get in that area where the fish are. Yeah, I go somewhere else. Onto one of the other ones. But yeah, it, it, yeah. It, they're quite easy to read after a while. But it's, you are building all the it's time. It's pattern spotting, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, you just and, and it's the same with 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 Coptium England management. What I'm doing, you're assimilating as much information as you can do. Yeah. And what you're looking for is the patterns that jump out as yep. to where they are, what the conditions are, what works. You know, the the I think the other thing, and you, you've 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 given us a, a a really key point to discuss now is the other anglers. Now, a lot of people say, oh, ignore the other anglers. But other anglers can tell you an awful lot. Cool. For, for me, they're not necessarily telling me what to do. Nope. What they're showing me is what not to do what a lot of the time. Do. Because there'll be, you know, it, let, let's face it, a lot of people will go to linear. You go to linear, as you're fishing, oh, mate, it's crap. Yep. Nothing's been caught. What are you doing? Oh, I've, I've got boil out. I've got this out. I've got that out. And you find that 20 blokes are fishing there. Nobody's caught anything. They're all on the deck. Tom will turn up. 
Yeah. Go in the next peg. Yeah. 35 carp later. It's fishing all right, isn't it? You're not doing what they're doing. Yeah. Everybody seems to be doing the same. Yep. Why do you think if you're the 21st person to sit on that lake and do the same thing that the others that you're going to be any different? You've got to do something different. Well, this is why I always say, I'd never intend to write a book. I've got to tell you, I'm too old oh, for it. Oh, you should do. It would be that thick, wouldn't it? Because because of how much I've done within the trade, within my own life, fishing-wise, i.e. matches, shop days, filming, blah, 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 blah. I never intend to, but if I did do it, yeah. it would have to be called My Way With Carp. Because yeah. I'm strange in that respect, if they're coming out of the stuff, stuff I'll find an odd bit. If they're coming yeah. off the, I'll, I'll try and turn things around uh, to be different from the next angler. Yeah. Which is why also I was good with the matches. Yeah, I react fast. I do it my way. I don't listen. I do listen, Rob. Like you've just said, I do listen, but I don't listen. If that makes sense. You 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 listen. You assimilate, and then you make your own decision yes. as opposed to following what other people don't may follow or may the, not be doing. Don't follow the sheep. And, and that you know, the, the people people talk about sheep, and it's used as quite a derogatory comment. Yeah, but actually, it's not meant that way. What we what we what we tend to do as anglers is we find comfort. Yeah. Uh, in in what other people are doing sometimes, mm. and and you know, it's very easy to go. All right, well, I'm going to blogs late. Everyone says, "Oh, you've got to use dynamite, or you've got to use sticky on there, or it's a cc more water, or you know, whatever. You've got to have that on there." Yeah. I've never heard anything as rubbish as that. No. There is never a water that you've got to use or something. Do your like. own. Or, you know, in the olden days, it used to be, oh, they won't take a floater here, mate, wasn't it? You know, that was a very common one. And yeah. how many times did you persevere with it and you were the first person to kick the arse out of it? Well, I remember one one match, BCAC, yeah. you were running, and I turned up at Farlow's with Phil. Yeah. And we were on the right-hand point. Yeah. Now, two lads were to our right, and I, yeah. I opened up a a massive bucket, which is very, it's very popular now. The maggot fishing and carp fishing in yeah, colder yeah. weather. Yeah. I opened up a massive bucket of maggots, which had about four gallon in. Yeah. And the two lads to my right, who are my friends, so I won't yeah. say anything, yeah. said that's like taking a mini to an F1 racing yeah, trap. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Well, we won that match, didn't we, yeah. me and Phil? And yeah. we won it by probably 100 odd pounds. Yeah. And I remember you've done a write up in carp talk saying a fantastic display of oak water angling by Russell De Silva. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked at what had gone on there. They hadn't long stocked. The Stockley Park fish into there, yeah. which were low doubles. Yeah. They'd been pellet fed fish, yeah. and they were never going to not want maggot. Yeah, so yeah. we went, the first night I had one fish, the second night we were up all night. Yeah. So we so yeah. doing it our way. You know, we've looked at the situation here, what's what we think is going to happen, and we've done it our way. The lads to our left should have won it on the point. Yes. They were all open, but they were doing normal carp fishing tactics yeah. we changed the game on that match yeah. as we did on a few of them i think uh, well i i remember down at um down at nichols yep you know you were in a corner that wasn't really producing any yep. fish and on the second day you know you fished the first 24 hours and thought so, something drastic's got yep. to happen you ended up slingshotting a ridiculous amount of ground bait yep. in there and i think we went, forth. went from yeah went from last to fourth yep. Yeah. So, which was, you know, that, and, and that's it. It's just doing that something and different. Do you know what, Rob? I think on that situation, we'd have jumped up maybe one more place. We wouldn't have won it. They were so far ahead. Yeah. And I think that was, it was Danny. Yeah, yeah. It was Danny Damo Damien, yeah, that yeah. won it. Yeah. But we had run out of bait. Yeah. We, you know, we made, I've got lovely photos at home yeah. of like 300 balls of ground bait in a yeah. pyramid. In a pyramid, wasn't and it? And I'm yeah. slingshotting them. And yeah. we also had a ground sheet covered in liquid CSL. I remember it. We rolled them about yeah. in it. But we'd run out of bait. Yeah. We were catching so many little cricket bat almost commons, which is what it was yeah, known for yeah. at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. But if we'd have had another 10 kilo bait, we yeah. may have jumped into third yeah. and just that one time made the podium at the BCACs. But yeah, we absolutely. were always the bridesmaids, mate. Well, you know, this is this is where, unfortunately, sometimes 
bad luck works against yeah. you, that you need that last little bit. Um, I've, I've written about this recently in the Angling Times piece. I've spoken about it quite a few times. But when you look at competition these days, the margin between first, second and third is so tight. You know, fishing generally, I think, has got an awful lot better. Yep. And this is why what you do is so important, that you have to stand out now. Yep. Because, you know, my so many people can find information about rigs about what rigs to use the bait is always good tackle is fantastic now waters are brilliant you know everything is great all you've got that's it there's no excuse not to either catch fish or do very well because everything that you need is there yep the only thing that you can set yourself apart from everyone else is these most importantly and that yeah isn't it? I, I just want to talk about similarity between you and, and one of the best big fish anglers that I know as well, which is Crowy, and that is the effort levels that you both put mm. in. You know, you good good anglers. I think the the most important thing that they put in is that effort. You just keeping going and catching it's fish. Drive, yeah, drive. Yeah, Crowy lives how far up from me? But North of Scotland, Crowy does now. Beyond that, yeah. in, in a dinghy somewhere, yeah. Iceland, but. He is phenomenal in the respect that he... I mean, I follow him on Instagram, as you do. He's a mate. Uh, he's fishing at Reading. Yeah. That's the equivalent of me, my local lake, being in the yeah. other side of Telford, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Or Yorkshire. Yeah. But he comes down, and, and you have said it before, if he sets his sight on a fish... He will get that fish. Yeah, you know? uh, and it, it, it's uh, I'm I'm a part of that the the CWA Fisheries Group, so I see what's coming out on yeah. all of those. It's a bit like, like the RK one. Yeah, and Alan that runs it, he has a rule that anybody that catches a fish, it's always publicised, so yeah. everybody knows exactly what's going on everywhere. And since Crowley's been on there, he's made that place look easy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Well, it's easy to talk about Terry's. Yeah. Nigel's from years ago and there's a crowy yeah, yeah. because maybe he's from the north. I don't know, uh, and he hasn't had the opportunities of Yateley and that had years gone by. He's in the same bracket, mate. Yeah, yeah. Very much yeah. so in the same bracket. I don't want him on Halton. <laughs> he can go and race me if he wants because yeah, I've caught yeah. that one. I don't want him on Halton. So, yeah, Crowey, yeah. no, yeah. not a chance. But, you know, it, it, it's interesting, again, the similarities. And if you look at other good anglers out there, when you when you look at, um, you know, the guys in, in, in Carps in England, they are hungry. They, yes. They're pushing for it. Yep. They want it so much. So, people talk about what's the key. And this, I suppose, is the, the, the ultimate thing that I want to get back to. People want to know about the best bait. They want to know about the best rig. They want yep. to know about all of these things. Actually, the best thing that you can use is effort, yep. isn't it? And just yep. keep going, keep pushing it, and actually do it. Because so many people have opportunities that they don't take advantage of for whatever reason. But then we all want different things from it. You know, I'm aggressive with my angling. Although I don't comp- competitively fish now, yeah. I'm competitive with, with me. Yeah, I know I can achieve this if I get off my butt and go and get it. You know, that that's where I am. A lot of people... Uh, it's not derogatory to them. They just want to go. They've, they've got a warehouse job. Friday evening they finish. Yeah. They want to go to the lake, throw a kilo of boilies in it and, and chill. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah. that. You know, but I can never be like that. Yeah. So they understand how I am. You know, I drive my mates mad on Raysby. 60 years of age, still pushing a barrel around 65 acres. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. You? I don't understand the mindset of not doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, again, we're pushing about catching fish and being successful and everything, but fishing can be such a broad church. It can be whatever you yeah. want it to be. I remember, um, I, I, I won't name him, but he was being really derogatory um, about the people that aren't getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Right, and, yeah. and And he... He he turned around to me and went, oh, yeah, I, I, I got up. I think I was up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd done three laps of the lake. I'd been mm. up three trees, and I ended up catching a 16-pounder yeah. at the end of it. And yet 
those lot hadn't even got up until nine o'clock. Mm. Well, to be fair, they've probably had a hard week at work. Yeah. They've had a really good time. This is the so, bit people miss. Yeah. And as I say, the, the statement that says it all is they're all doing it for different reasons. Yeah. They yeah, want to chill out away from the kids, you know, away from their adoring, lovely wife, probably. Yes. <laughs> going yeah. on a Sunday or a nice Sunday dinner. But they've had a calm. It needs all different levels of people in it yeah. to make it how I can be. If everyone was like me, I'd bloody hate it. Well, let's 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 talk tactics now because we've talked about mindset, which yeah. is which is a huge part of the whole thing with this Outcast yeah. podcast. Because I, I I firmly believe that your mindset drives everything else that you do. Yes. But but let's get down to some basics now. And, well, just uh, briefly, if you leave home and you've had a row with with the boss, yeah, you are not on it. Yeah, yeah. There's your mindset, isn't it? Yeah. If you leave home happy, yeah, you're jumping red lights almost yeah, to get you're ready you're, to, you're, you're, you're more involved with it. Ready to do it. Let's get to winter. It's it's winter now. There's going to be a lot of people that want to go out and catch a carp. Yep. What do you think? Let's get let's have your three Ian Russell top tips for for catching fish in the winter. Right. First of all, it's an often said one. Every single thing I write is your eyes. You've yeah. got to be up at the right time. You know, we all know fish on, on most venues will show at some certain time of the clock. Yeah. Be up at that time. It's yeah. like doing the research. Be up if they're if they're showing between two and four in the morning. Yeah. Go up bed early, get up at two and four in the morning, yeah. you're going to see where they are. Then you can bring the next top tip into it. Yeah. Get on them, yeah. okay, and use gear that you are 100% confident in. You've all got a rig yeah. and you've all got a bait that you leave home thinking, yeah, I'm going to smash it now, on it? So that, that, you know, that nothing is more important than being on them. Certainly in the winter, yeah. then they're less inclined to move around unless angling pressure or a real adverse weather front pushes them somewhere else. So you almost know where they're going to be yeah. if you're in vogue with that venue. Um, the third one, most venues are prolific nowadays, certainly the ones I fish, even the winter ones. When you're on them, why not feed them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Feed them. You know, I've got a little bucket I used all through last winter. We've done this at the show. You asked me the yeah. same question, Rob, to be fair. A jar of, of dynamite hemp, it's not yeah. It's not a, a product push. It's what I do. A little jar, a big jar of dynamite the plastic, hemp. The plastic ones are yes, little tins. Yes, a plastic jar in yeah. there, one of them. Yeah. They fitted the bucket, two tins of corn, yeah. kilo of monster tiger nut, 12 millers. Yeah. Do that the night before. Yeah. The hemp and sweet corn water has gone into the boilies. Yeah. That goes out as soon as I get there if I'm on them and, I'm, yeah. and the situation is right. Whilst I've done that, out of the barrel will come another jar, yeah. two more tins, another kilo, yeah. stir it round, ready for the next day if the result has been had. Yeah. So fee- find them, you know, yeah. Yeah. Fish for them yeah. and feed them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it, it, it is as simple as that, but as hard as that. It's, it's interesting that you use hemp because traditionally hemp is a summer into autumn bait, and people don't yep. really. I suppose they don't think hemp is a winter bait. I drive dynamite mad. Now, part of my job, as it was, it was yours. You, you get product to use. Yep. Okay, we're not carp blanche. You can't have a ton of it, yep. but I do order a lot of hemp and sweet corn yeah, yeah. for the winter. Yeah. Um, I've always used hemp in the winter. Yeah. You know, if you went fishing down a river for roach, yeah. you'd quite happily you'd use be on hemp. a few hemp. Absolutely. Why not carp? Yeah, yeah. It keeps them in a swim. It's oily. They lo- they certainly love it, don't they? Yeah. You know, but most people I've noticed that in the last few years stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. They've all got other yeah. things going on in their mind. They, I they, use loads of it. But this, this comes back to what we were discussing earlier, which is the mindset, because what people generally tend to do is, you know, it's spring, let's get on zigs. Yep. Or we'll fish in the margins. Yep. 
and we're fishing singles, bags, other bits mm. and bobs. They're coming up to spawning. They want some food. After spawning, actually, it's particle time, so we stuff a lot of particle in. Oh, it's September, October. This is when they want the boily. Yep. Oh, the water's gone cold. We need to go to Magat. Yeah. You know, and, and there seems to be this general thing that so many people do. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't work because, actually, it's quite a nice cycle. Yeah. But changing it up a little bit is what makes you stand out from the yeah. others. And, and, and carp are conditioned so much these days. Yeah. Well, the maggot thing's not an option for me on RK because yeah. there's a blanket ban. Yeah. Um, so, the, the I mean, I would have used them, don't yeah. get me wrong. They would have been in the mix, yeah, yeah. part of the mix, not not solely the mix. Um, but the hemp and corn and the, yeah. the 12 mm monster tiger nuts, I'd, I'd throw that off Brighton Pier and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd get yeah. a bite. The hemp would drift off. But there yeah. was something interesting that you said to me now. But bear in mind, Ray, this is your diving. Yeah. Um, giving you this. Right where I caught them fish last winter was about 18 foot of water. Yeah. Now I've put out a bucket of three different density and weight yeah. products, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. And it was only when I spoke to you at the show, the hemp probably ended up over there. Yeah. The corn, en- uh, the corn ended up there, yeah. and the boil is there. Yeah. I'd never even considered that in the past. Yeah. Never. I didn't change anything, yeah. but I'd never considered it. So you've probably got three slightly different baited sections going on yeah. without and meaning to. A lot of it depends on on, on the drift. Yeah, and and you know more more the tow that if there's been a wind, obviously there yeah, will you've be got tow. The spin, yeah. So, but ultimately, what happens? How, however much there is, even if there's a lot of tow and the water's quite deep. Remember, the the the, the deeper the lake, generally the less tow there will be. Right. So there will be underwater movement. There always is. Yeah. But if you've got like Barston as a prime example, it's it's four foot deep. It's very long, and when the wind's blowing from one end to the other, you can trot a float on it. Yeah, it's which pushing is, back. Which is crazy because mm. it trots on the wind the one way or, or it, it will even, the toe will pull it against the wind where yeah. the shot's been dragged underneath. Yeah. When it's slightly deeper than that, I, I, I don't think you get as much big pull. Right. But gravity will always try and pull something straight down. Yeah. You know, and I, I hear people talking about things have gone miles away. So, you know, you, you say that it's gone all the way over there. It probably hasn't gone that far. Yeah. But it will fall in separate yeah. separate areas, which is because um, of the weight ratio of the bait, anyway. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, but, it's obviously very light. You know, this you spod. Yeah. So this is one of the things that the, the the biggest asked question that I get is how far behind my spod should I cast out to get the rig on top of the spod? Yeah. And the simple answer to that is just feel for the drop, and as long as you're more or less in the right area, it yeah. works like that. You don't need to worry about putting more on or less on. Yeah. Because actually, you're not putting your spawn down the same hole. No. They, nobody Never is. in a million years. So, you know, it, you, you might land one there, you land another one here, yep. you land another one where that light is, where that light is, one here. So we've got five in an area as big as this. Yeah. They've all spread a little bit. So as a result, you've got a carpet. So which one are you trying to get it down? I, so, I got asked this um, by Adam Penning yeah. um, on Carp TV thing. And now, yeah. me and I love Adam. He's a very good friend of mine, but we have yeah. different opinions on a lot of things, as yes. you can imagine, yeah. as you will with Adam. Yeah. Uh, but the one, the question the cameraman asked was it, and he was deliberately trying to fire a, a heated conversation up. Yeah. Was right, exactly that. Right, Ian and Adam, how far beyond less do you spod yeah. and clip your rods? And I said, I do them all the same yeah. because it works. And Adam nearly blew me off the chair. He went, so do I. Which yeah. defeat the camera was almost disappointing. Yeah. Like the presenter was almost yeah. disappointing because we hadn't gone loggerheads. Yeah. But I, I clip everything the same. I don't care if it's three foot or twenty foot of water. Yeah. What works for me? Yeah. The rod bends. And what you'll be doing is you'll be feeling the drop. Yeah. So as long oh, as gotcha. you've got as long as you've got that good drop, then actually the fact that your bait is six foot, three foot five foot away from it or in the area as long as it's in that area with that spread it's fine and it also comes down to the fact that we don't put the spawn down the same hole Mm. you're trying to cast to where your marker is 
Hmm. Does that mean that every single time you spawn, you hit the marker float? No, but there is something I do that is different than most people. Yeah. And they asked me this when I was filming with um, Elliot and Richard the other year on, on the Mill yeah, Syndicate, yeah. which isn't very deep. Yeah. But when I, I always clip twice, which we all do, is a yeah. bit of a buffer, yeah? Yeah. Safe. I'll hit the clip, yeah. lift, and then and then as most cameras won't catch it, yeah. I'm unclipping. So right. now I'm going bump, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm almost trying to drop it in a straight line yeah, yeah. without that happening. Now, that's something I yes. do all the time. It's yeah. something I've always done. It's not something I was shown, but it was something I thought. Yeah. You know, as it is the clip, I'm lifting while doing that, and then it's bouncing on your finger. Yeah. Bang. That's, it works for me. That's really interesting because the effect that I'm getting when I cast out is the same as that. Yep. And and uh, anybody watching this, if you want to know about where to cast and how to do it, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to think about how you cast. So, you know, you've mm. seen it on camera. Yep. Get your mate to film you next time you're out and have a look at what you do. When I cast out, I'll be on the clip. I'll hit the clip, not with a rod high. Like yep. some people hit it high and hold yep. it. Some people hit it, follow it through. Yep. Some people drop it out to the side. Some people drop mm. it on the side and follow through. Mm. So you can imagine the difference between your rod tip high yep. or your rod tip out coming forwards. Yep. It might be 12 feet yep. between that and that. So as a result, if you're allowing it to go 12 feet further... The answer to you is going to be different to the answer to me. So yep. the consistency of how you cast is really important. When I cast out, I'll hit the clip, I'll follow it forwards a little bit, and then I'll pull it back ever mm. so slightly to do exactly that. So you're allowing it to go forwards, pulling it back, and then dropping it straight. Yeah. And and the idea is that I want that to... It's hit the clip so it's straightened out, yep. but then I want it dropping as straight as possible yep. rather than that pendulum swing back in again yep. because it does obviously bring it so further it's the back same in. job just a different way of doing same it. same job a different way of doing it which is the movement of the yeah. rod rather than unclipping it yep. um and and as long as i've felt it land with a crack yeah. or a donk or whatever i'm feeling for yep. then i'm fine with it it doesn't matter that it's not gone down the same hole because the spawn never goes down the same no. hole and i'm not trying to hit the marker float so the the only difference i'd say and and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this if you're fishing on a bar yep as opposed to on flat yep and there's a big difference you know there might be three four five foot difference in i think the majority of the time fish will very happily graze over a wider area but getting them to move up and down is slightly different yeah and i'd rather feed above them than below them yep personally yep so you know if you're feeding on top of the bar then you don't really want your rig, your rig dropping four foot below it. No. Equally, if you're if you're trying to fish on top of the bar, you need to be on there, and that's where your bait is. You yep. don't want it to be miles below it. So, that, the only way you're going to and I watched you do this at Raysbury. Yeah. Sixteen foot of water, if you remember rightly, it yeah, was yeah. ten foot on the bar. Yeah. Yeah, on our day ticket thing. The only way you're going to do that is by you counting the seconds. Yeah. Or you, it's knowledge in your own mind. Yeah. You know, I know it's landing in ten foot, or it's landing oh. Yeah. No, and I watched you do it a few times before you went. Yeah, that's about it. I remember on. that particular one because yep. it was, it 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 was going in to the eye in exactly the same spot, yep. but it wasn't quite right. Wasn't quite right. Mm. Wasn't quite right. And I think there was half a dozen casts, and yeah. I remember turning around going, "That's a bite." Yeah, and it was, and it was, and literally yeah. it was. It so was some of this quick. stuff can only be. Uh, it's back to the knowledge in the head again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you can't yeah. teach some things to other people. It's experience. Interesting one. Again, tangents going on here, but related yep. to this, you do an awful lot of coaching. Yep. And um, 
with my diving stuff, I get an awful lot of questions being asked. And I think one of the key things that people need to need to put right up their priority list of what's important to them is feeling the bottom. Yep. You know, people think, oh, I'm going to use this rig. You know, people, people think, right, I'm going to use this yeah. bait or I'm going to use this rig, or they'll come up with a preconceived idea on what they want to do, but they don't actually know what they're fishing over. No. And and it's so important in my mind that you work out what you're fishing over. Be that either, even if it's just chucking a lead around and feeling that down. Um, That's that's a key, key issue to me. It's one of the biggest things on tutorials, and one of the hardest things, I've got to say, is doing what we've just spoke about, is to hit the clip, just for me, give it a slight lift, and then let the lead pull the rod down, not your arm. Because as soon as you move it with slack line, as you and I know, yeah. you've lost you've it. You've lost it. And that yeah, it's, it's so um, easy for people that aren't doing it to hit the clip and then they just go, oh, just put the note no, in again. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been with clients that have had 50 to 60 casts. Now, I'm not like, oh, I just to go. But you're there doing a job yeah. and eventually they get it. And a good way of describing it to someone is just drop it in the edge. Boom. Yeah. Boom. That's what you need to find out. You need to know what you're doing. Yeah. But that is the hardest thing to get across to a client is that the drop on the lead yes it truly is mate yeah, yeah. again it's what comes yeah when when i'm doing my underwater um slideshows there's loads of things that they're taking we go through color we go through sound yep. we go through fish behavior we go through what weed looks like all of these things to try and give an insight and it sort of blows people's mind and at the end of it i say look there's three key lessons that I think you should pick up from this. Yep. And if you remember nothing else, please just remember these three points. Number one, when you're casting out, hit the clip. Yep. Because if you hit the clip, your rig's going to be presented right. Yep. Number two, when you're casting out, hit the clip. Yep. Uh, which is exactly the yep. same as the first one, but the reason is slightly different, that you're going to feel the lead down, you know what you're fishing over. Yep. And number three is if you think you should have had a bite and you haven't, check it back out again, but yep. hit the clip. Yep. And and yep. like those three simple things add so much Yep. Um, uh, possibility of catching fish, I think. Well, this is what I do with mine. Is it's know what you're fishing on. Yeah. Use gear that you're confident in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's percentages. Yeah. Build as many of them percentages as you, as you can possibly get. Be accurate. Yeah. There's your three bits. That I was going to say. You know, that to me and you would not even be out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. No. But people, I mean, I fished this week with a, a lovely chap called Richard. He only just started carp fishing, and I thought, ah. Oh, this is going to he was such a funny, but he was a very intelligent man. Yeah. You showed him everything once or maybe twice, yeah. and you got it. This is a guy that had only literally just started carp fishing. Yeah. He hadn't fished. Yeah, yeah. But by the time we went home, he had a PB. Awesome. Uh, he'd learned to the cast, the overhead cast, feel the drop, be accurate. Yeah. and But more importantly, the reasons behind that. Yeah. You have to do that. Don't feed there. Yeah. and put your rod there because yeah. you don't do that when you're roach fishing or no. tench fishing no, that's throw right. corn over there and cast a bit of corn there there yeah. accuracy accuracy is so important yep you know that would be that would be the next one for, key, key priority for number me uh, for me number one understand what you're fishing over yes from that you can work out where you're going and what you're yep. doing key thing number two is be precise yep with everything that you do whether it's the rig yep whether it's the bait but primarily the bait application yes. as well. And then you'll cast over the top of that. It has to be absolutely bang on the it's money. All percentages. It's all right, get it done. Build as many of them percentages into your trip as you could possibly, it's, it's, it's possible, yeah. bosh, and the result's going to, oh, you might not catch it every time, but you are going to catch most of the time. Yeah. Get it all right. Because, you know, I see people, throw, I mean, most rig balls on my tutorials, I end up, 
almost getting beaten up because I want to slice them all up, yeah, yeah. take all them little pins out, throw the rigs in the bin, let's redo it. You know, you're playing with people's confidence. But some of the things that I see people throwing into a lake, you're going to, they're happily sit behind 24 hours behind that. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, <laughs> you can't do that. Think fish. Yes. That fish is coming in. He's going to look at that and just like, if a fish can giggle, he's going to do it, isn't he? I think, I think we can simplify an awful lot of what we do as well. You know, if, if you think about our fishing, actually, uh, I, I'd say we fish very simply, yep. very well. Yep. And that's, that's the key thing. Well, it gets thing. said a lot, even on, even on my, you know, when I get phone calls and, and messages about, I'd like to do a tutorial because I, I watch what you do and you simplify a lot of things because yeah. it's a massive, I mean, we've just walked through this amazing shop. Yeah. It's like pick and mix, isn't it? Yeah. Or it can be. So there is also confusion thrown in that. Keep it simple. Good rig. Get on them. A nice bait that's going to work. Fish confidently. You're going to catch fish. Yeah, absolutely. Simplify it down, Rob. Break it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it has been, as always, an absolute pleasure I mean, we could go on for another 10 hours, can't we? we? But we I could. would die of starvation. So I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. So. Before we leave, yep. we ask everybody to bring a little something in to put on our trinket shelf. Um, you've got a little bit of carp angling history. I feel, though, I haven't bought something substantial enough. You know, so I've bought... I've got... A, when I owned Heathrow Bait Services, we were the very first people to start doing sort of stiff booms in, in a packet. And let me get grab that. And also, what now everyone does it now, shrink tubing, yeah. which counteracts, I mean, it's a bit more posh nowadays, obviously, it's very basic, but it's where we were at the time. Stiff booms for, you know, combi rigs and what we call flak jacket, which yeah. is large shrink tubing to counteract crayfish uh, damage on your bait. We were the first to do this, and I'm quite proud of that. And I, had, I was looking on my shelf, I've got a shelf at home with loads of little memorabilia bits for my life, yeah. and I thought, well, what can I? Do? I should have bought you one of my cups in because I've got quite a few of them, but not cups, tea yeah. drinking. What, we can tro- still send one in. Trophies. Send I, one. I will bring one next time I'm going to see yeah, you. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? That'd be quite nice because they're quite small items, but they mean a huge amount. And yes. they have led something in the trade. Most companies do a flak jacket. Some from call them flak jacket. Yeah, They've yeah. got holes drilled in them and all that now. But we led the way for a while, and that means a lot. Yeah. I nearly bought in. I've done also with Garden Attack. I know you want to get off, but Garden Attack, I was one of the first people to do a ready tied rig with your name scribbled underneath it. And I was very proud of that. That was yeah, a long, lovely. long time ago. But I've kept them too. I've only got two of them. Yeah. yeah and I've kept yeah. them at home in a box for to yeah. pass down to my bored grandchildren. Yeah. But, um, well, look, there you it, go. It's, the, the whole thing about this is to try and help people, to yes. educate people, and also to get a little bit of memorabilia on the shelf because our carp fishing history shapes our future as well. It's lovely just to reflect back yep. on you know, on what's been done. And you certainly, as I said earlier, have been around for 3,962,000 years of it. So We've been <laughs> on the track at Toy Town too many times. Absolutely. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for The Outcast today. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed sitting here talking to the man. We could, and we probably will, talk for a lot more. You can see him all over the place, anywhere, all over YouTube, typography, etc., etc. If you want to know anything about Ian Russell, it is out there. So... Tune in again. You know the score. Like, share, spread the word. We'll have more in the future. But for the moment, Ian Russell, thank you ever so much for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Outcast, a podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Remember to follow us on social media for updates and information on future guests. See you next time. <laughs>